If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Shock and awe, and it continues. Outrage and frustration, plenty of bystanders, but still, a man is fatally stabbed, a father, a husband, fatally stabbed outside of Vancouver Starbucks in broad daylight. So how could this happen? And what about the guy who continued to drink his coffee or many others who did nothing to rush in and help when this happened? Our guest this morning, the first one of eight, is Azim Sharif. He is an associate professor of social psychology at UBC. And professor, thanks for joining us. Also got to ask you, your research actually shows that what happened with the bystanders in this case outside of Vancouver Starbucks, that really isn't the norm, is it? Well, so in the research which has looked at that 90% figure, what they looked at is they looked at footage of actual violent situations uh, across different cities in the world. And the way they determined what an intervention was, uh, was either if somebody actually did uh, physically tackle the violent person, or if they actually just went and got help, which is something that somebody did in this circumstance. So this would actually fall into that one of those nine out of 10 situations in which there was an intervention. But it does raise the question about what everybody else was doing. I think it's that everybody else. And I think there was some suggestion and certainly people saying that they saw somebody that was doing nothing in terms of helping, but actually continuing to drink coffee. That is really disturbing. What's going on there? It is disturbing. Um, I think we should have some recognition that the aspect that is disturbing about it might not necessarily be the person, uh, but could also be the situation. So lesson number one of social psychology is to recognize the power of the situation. Even though we may think, we would love to think that we would uh, act in perfect accordance with our principles and have all the courage that we expect of ourselves in those types of situations, we actually can't predict how we would act. We don't find ourselves in those situations very often, and they can be uh, very overwhelming situations or powerful situations. So um, I, I would he- hesitate for, uh, to, 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 to conclude that um, just because we consider ourselves a, a, a great person, uh, sorry, let's put it this way, I would hesitate to uh, draw too many conclusions about the character of the person in that situation who did nothing. Uh, it might have been just the situation that overwhelmed them. So the, the bystander effect is something that we've known about in psychology for 50 or 60 years. Do bystanders, and, uh, but do bystanders really understand what's happening? Do they believe that it is as serious as it turns out to be in retrospect? Well, that's, that's the question, right? So the things which actually, the mechanisms behind the bystander effect, one is that there's an ambiguity to the situation know what's supposed to be done and usually the way we determine what's supposed to be done is we look around us to see what other people are doing and so it can create this sort of what's called pluralistic ignorance that you think that everybody else is acting the correct way and everybody else thinks that everybody else is acting the correct way so you're looking at each other to see what you're supposed to be doing and if nobody else is doing anything you assume that well maybe nothing is to be done Um, in cases which are unambiguously an emergency 
and in particular in violent cases, you actually see the bystander effect go down. So you see people are more likely to intervene because there's less ambiguity in that situation. Is there safety in numbers when you start to see somebody possibly intervening? That's when you go in to also help? Yeah, that's exactly right. So there's um, interesting uh, studies that have been done where they will plant somebody who's crumpled over asking for help and uh, they record the footage of what happens. And oftentimes you'll see people who are just checking out the situation. They're not sure if they should do something. They're kind of looking around at other people. And as soon as they see one other per- person intervene, they're on it. They were just looking for that reassurance that something was supposed to be done in that situation. So there definitely is safety in numbers. Um, the, the idea of a diffusion of responsibility uh, holds that, well, in any situation where there's a lot of people around, any particular individual is somewhat less likely to do something but because there's more people, it's more likely that somebody will do something. And so as a victim in that situation, it's actually better to have more people around because there's a higher likelihood that at least somebody will do something. And when one person starts doing something, often multiple people do something. This one incident happened outside a Starbucks in downtown Vancouver. It attracts a certain demographic. Do we know anything about the demographics and the differences in responses? Has there been any research into that? It's a good question. There has been a lot of research, and, and what it tends to find is, well, it's extremely hard to predict. Because, again, it's not really about what the person, it's about the situation. Uh, so demographic characteristics, male versus female, old versus young, it, these, ten, these things tend not to be predictive. The only thing which tends to be predictive is uh, a perceived competency. So people who perceive themselves as particularly competent to intervene in a particular situation, you could imagine a, a medical professional Uh, or a a police officer or something like this, somebody who has uh, experience in these types of emergencies, those people are likely to intervene because they're less less likely to have a a freezing response and more likely to have been in these types of situations before and they know what to do. Is it fair and accurate to say that we have moved into a generation where people are more interested in catching, catching things on video for social media than actually helping? It's, I mean, it's, in a way, of course, that's obvious because we film many more things now. Uh, so in a previous situation, when I was a kid, there wouldn't have been even an opportunity to do that. So people wouldn't have done that. It, to some degree, I, I imagine that the people who did film thought that they were doing something useful. And in, in, in a way, they kind of were in that they can provide information to the authorities. Uh, though, of course, the authorities have obviously said to not do that and especially not to spread the video. Um, so it might be that some people are so comfortable with just filming their surroundings that that's their instinctual response, that that's the reflexive response in, in an emergency. Uh, and then once they start, I don't know if they, the more reflective idea that, well, maybe you should go and do something uh, overwhelms that, that uh, habit. Azeem Sharif, well, thank you very much. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.